Hey, welcome back to Comeback. As usual, I'm your host, Connor, and I interview people around Saigon from different nationalities, walks of life, about their experiences abroad and more. And today, I'm delighted to welcome my guest, Michael Correa, I think, who is initially from Canada, has lived in Japan, currently in Vietnam. We're going to talk about expat life and wherever we go. How are you, Michael? Hey, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, pleasure, man. Did I get that right, Correa? Correa, yeah. Korea, That's nice. perfect. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, you are from Canada initially. Yeah, yeah. And what I do is just towards the start of the interview, I always ask the guest about like the background and what it was like growing up in that specific area. What was Canada like growing up? I know that's a huge question. Huh. Well, I'm from Toronto. I guess it was cool. I don't know. I, yeah. had, a, I had a pretty nice childhood, I think. Um, yeah, it was good. I grew up. I had a couple brothers. I was the middle child. Oh, okay. So... Um, yeah, we always had good times. We had friends and everything. I had a good childhood. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to mention about that. About Toronto, yeah. I've never been, you see, but it always comes up in like books I read and stuff. So I feel like I will go one day just to kind of get the Canadian experience. I know this sounds cringy. The only things I knew about Canada initially were like Drake, Nickelback. You know, like generally like pop, popular culture. That was almost about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we we do have a lot of famous musicians these days, like Drake, yeah. Justin Bieber, The Weeknd. Yeah, he's from there, yeah. isn't he? Like Brian Adams going back a few years. Yeah, I think yeah. He's there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how it goes. About Canada, being the middle child, this is a weird one because I'm the oldest out four, so I've been used to like my role as being the what's the word, the guardian or what you know the person who has oh, to yeah. take on the responsibility. As the right. middle child, you're almost in a weird like. Make, is it you out of three? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, so I was the middle of three boys. And uh, yeah, it's just in between. Like, like, what can you really say about being a middle child? Like, yeah, it's a spook. Like, you have to look after the younger, but also, like, be on good terms with the older. I don't really know, because I only have my own experience of being the eldest, of so being, like, head honcho. So I don't really know about yeah. the middle child. Yeah. The, the oldest definitely had, like, the most responsibility. Yeah. The young, the young one was always, like, more sheltered and, like, you know, being looked after, like, the baby, right? Right, okay. But, like, the middle child is kind of just, like, in between. Yeah. It's like, you know, like... <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of in between. Just kind of left your devices. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. What were you like growing up as a child? Were you quite shy or the opposite? What, what were you like? Um, I think I was pretty quiet as a kid. I was a quiet kid, I think. Um, I always liked to, like, do my own thing and, like, have, like, little adventures and stuff. Like, you know... Uh, I remember, like, when I was really young, like, me and my older brother, I would always kind of, like, run off and, like, see what's over there in the in the bushes or whatever. And then my older brother would be following me and, like, like pushing me along, like, yo, let's check out that one, too. Go there first. Yeah, and, sure. like, that shit was really fun. I remember that. Those yeah. were, like, good times for me back in those days. Yeah, it's interesting that that stays with you because... I think the main theme of this episode will be about like traveling abroad, which you've done in various places. So you probably had that adventurous spirit from a young age. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Why I'm, why I'm living abroad. Yeah. yeah and how long have you lived abroad? Um, well, Japan was for three years. Thailand was for four months. And uh, I've been here in Thailand for like three months now. Right, okay. So... 
you know, three and a half years total. Yeah, I guess. I think it's similar. I'm I'm coming up to three years in July, but I left when I was 21, so I'm kind of basically going trying to get my whole 20s abroad, which is going to be a weird experience. Right. What was the catalyst for you to move? Why did you move from Canada? Uh, why from Canada? I don't know. I I guess like, um, I. I remember really wanting to go to Japan when I was in high school because I liked anime. I saw Death Note and I saw like the, yeah, yeah. him writing the names in Japanese and everything. And I was like, damn, that looks so fucking, fucking cool great. the way they write. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, I have to learn how to do that too. Like how to write, read and write these, these things. Um, so I remember wanting to go to Japan and then I made it like my mission to go there one day and... I ended up being like an exchange student in right. Japan, and then um, I I just ended up staying there. Uh, I found a job, and I, I graduated there. I just stayed there, so that's how it started. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like me like achieving my dream for the first time was like me getting to live in Japan. Absolutely, so it, it yeah, was yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. Did you like like Canada at that point? As in, did you leave Canada because you just fancied a change and like a dream of Japan, or did you leave Canada because you thought, "Fuck this place"? Was it? What was kind of like the vibe? Um, <clears throat> I mean, back in those days, Canada's got some cold fucking winters, man. <laughs> so like, I it's, it. <laughs> it's really fucking cold. So I I I didn't like the winters. That's that's one thing. But um, I I don't know. I can't really remember what my thought process was back in those university days yeah, sure. when I was trying to go to Japan, but um, I think I just wanted to go there to Japan. Like it, it was just so intriguing to me. I didn't really have too many problems with Canada at that time. I don't think it was just like the allure of Japan, which really appealed to you. Yeah. Yeah. At that time, at least. Yeah. Yeah, besides from the anime, what was it about Japan? Just was it the culture? Was it the people? What was it that really drew Japan to you? Um, I, I remember just like seeing videos of, of Japan and it seeming like so different for some reason. Um, yeah, dude, I don't know. It, like it just seemed very different and um, sort of made no sense to me in a way like because I grew up in Canada, you're, you're used to people talking a certain way, behaving a certain way. And then you see like a video of like Japanese girls, for example, and they're all like excited and like, you know, like that stereotypical yeah, way that yeah, Japanese yeah. girls act. I saw that and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's so funny. It's so funny. And I thought it was so cute. And like I, I I like got a crush on Japanese girls after I saw that I was like damn they're so cute and they're beautiful like yeah. they seem so nice so I was like I don't know everything about Japan just seemed so like different mm. and weird to me yeah I know what you're saying that's the expectation of it like when you yeah. look at somewhere on the internet and it looks very different and you can watch videos and it seems incredible but going there's a completely different kettle of fish. Like, how did your expectations match the reality once you moved there? Yeah. Well, my image of Japan at that time was more like Tokyo. Like, big, flashy anime uh, kind of stuff. Technology. And uh, 
the place that I first moved to was Kyoto. Mm. It's more of like the ancient capital. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, the vibe what wasn't what I expected it to be. It wasn't like this, you know, you supercharged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like Japan. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like, it wasn't that vibe. It was more like very calm right, place. Okay. It was yeah. a very serene, calm place. And it was... It was so cool, man. It was there was mountains all around, um, so it was different, man. It wasn't what I expected it yeah. to be. What were you doing in terms of your job? You mentioned exchange student. Yeah, yeah. I was I was an exchange student at first in Kyoto, and uh, I found a job. Um, we were working in like a traditional like Japanese house. It was like a startup company, and. Uh, they gave us like these fancy business cards and gave us like these cool names like they called us global branding consultants right okay <laughs> <laughs> so it sounded really cool and uh yeah it was it was nice i did that for about 6 months after my my studies right, finished and then it went bankrupt <laughs> <laughs> it's a startup so of course you yeah. know these things happen so yeah, it was about six months, and right, then it, cool. it just it collapsed. Damn. Does that make it any different for you then? If your company collapses, are you then struggling to find a job? Like, what happens if that happens? Yeah, like it kind of throws you in a weird situation, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I, I remember like thinking like, shit. Uh, I lost my job. I got to find something new. And in Japan, everybody knows you can teach English very easily. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I guess I have to teach English now. <laughs> Get on TEFL. <laughs> Man, I was not ready to teach English at that time because I've always been like a very shy kind of person. And I never saw myself like being able to teach. Sure. Yeah. You know, like, mm. like, so I was just like, shit. I really if I want to stay here, I'm going to have to like try and do this. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's how I got into English teaching. Yeah. That, I'm really glad you mentioned that because I was the same where yeah. now I teach every day and I'm almost, I'm doing it second nature. Like I know exactly what to do. Not perfect, but I can do it. But I remember when I was, you know, uh, applying and I thinking there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to stand in front of 50 kids and like, yeah. teach them every day like what if I get it wrong what if I don't know the answer but I think it's a lot easier hmm, maybe I shouldn't say easier but a lot more people can do it than they think they can like, a yeah. lot more people are capable than they believe like for a, perhaps we're two examples of that yeah. yeah it's definitely like a skill you can learn exactly. you know you, yeah. you just got to go in front of some people it's got to start saying things <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i almost i don't know if you're similar put on like an alter ego unintentionally where yeah. i'll be myself say now like normally but once i get into a classroom i always put on like a game face it's almost like oh, a yeah? different person do you have the same thing right that's interesting i used to do that in japan yeah what kind of game face like do you do <laughs> i just you change, change my voice slightly i uh you know put on more mannerisms i get into the teaching mode yeah, because if you spoke to me normal, at like, a, say, in a coffee shop or a social event, I can be quite, it's quite shy, I'd say, quite, you know, like, quite introverted, a bit of a one-on-one, -on -one, but I get in front of the class and my voice gets louder and, like, the gestures start coming out. It's almost a completely different person. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Okay. 
I mean, for me, I remember when I was in Japan, I kind of used to do that. Like, I used to kind of like switch on this, like, kind of like a persona, like more energetic yeah, yeah. and stuff. Like, because I used to be a conversation teacher. Oh, wow. It's more like one on one, one on two, one on three. And so, like, I remember doing that because I thought, like, that's how you should be when you're teaching. Like, you know, you got to be. Energetic because that's what they want, I guess, right? Yeah, definitely. So I remember doing that, but then it started to get really draining after a while, and like, um, I I needed to increase my hours to get you know more. I needed more money, so I needed yeah, to yeah. you know work more, and so I started noticing that like when I did that, it, it started getting kind of draining, and then I was like, shit, I gotta, I gotta. Find a way to be able to keep doing this in a way that's like sustainable.、Mm. And so after a while, I kind of just like stopped, like that that like switching on that kind of like、uh, different persona. Like it kind of started fading. Like it became、right. less and less.、Mm. And now these days, I'm more just like however I'm feeling is whatever they're gonna see in the class,、yeah. and I'm just gonna like put it there. Yeah, no.、Nah, I read that. It's like I know this sounds cringy, but it's like being authentic, and it is being yourself rather than、yeah. say having to adopt an alt ego. Alter ego, because、right. it can be useful, say to just get through things. But after a while, it's draining because you have to literally pretend to be a different person. So it can be a、yeah. tricky balance. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's another way to put it as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I I do think it is useful to a point, but also. I guess you have to navigate it and realize what your actual style is. So I know this is probably slightly broad, but in terms of your own teaching style now,、uh, how would you describe yourself as a teacher? What could like students expect from teacher Michael? Hmm. I don't really know, off the top of my head, how to answer that <laughs> question. Um. What can they expect? I don't know. I really don't know, to be honest. Like point,、yeah. I, I kind of just show up as I am, and then、yeah. I just like go there and. I suppose are you strict? Are you relaxed? What? How would you describe it? Are you a strict teacher? I would say both. Like, like I, what I try to do when I go into my class is like, you know, I have a lesson prepared for me. Uh, you you have the same job, so Indeed,、yeah. so you, you know like、uh, we have like a PowerPoint and we can follow it. Yeah. And so, I kind of just what I try to do in my class is I I go in and I see the students. I kind of read the room, is is what I always do. Like when I'm preparing before my lesson starts, I'm kind of just like sitting there reading the room, and like. I don't know, dude. I'm kind of just like reading the room and like feeling out what I need to do, in order to like move things forward in、mm. a way. I no, don't, I no, don't no. know how else to kind of describe that. That's a good description. I think that's very important as well because you're almost doing what a lot of teachers, including myself, sometimes don't do, which is going with the same mindset that they had in this morning. But one class is always different from another. Yeah. Like, for example,、uh, I had it recently where my morning class are great, so I explained something. They all got it, and I thought, brilliant, genius teacher here. Did the exact same explanation that afternoon. No one understood, and I suddenly thought, "Shit, I'm dreadful." But it's like adapting to each environment is so important, 
especially as a teacher, because you are going to get like different abilities, different grades, etc., regardless of where you go. So having that adaptability and ability to read the room is important. Yeah, for sure. It it does always change from class to class, and yeah. it's really surprising like how much the vibe actually does change from class to class. Yeah, it's like you kind of expect it to be a little bit similar like you teach this class and it went a certain way and then you're going into the next class with like all right this class went this way maybe it'll be kind of similar and then you show up and it's like it's a completely different thing and you're like what the fuck all yeah, right that's weird. you can never you can never do the same thing again it's like you just always have to kind of go with the flow and just yeah. like find a way to fucking get their attention and yeah it's um, it's good that we've said this though because i think we've spoken about this before like i'm quite introverted would you say you're an introvert as well for sure for dude sure. yeah <laughs> you said that emphatically like yeah for sure yeah but it's a thing that like despite being introverted you can still not get away with teaching but actually teach properly like you can still do it despite you know what i mean you can adapt that to the environment yeah i mean i feel like introverts we we have we have uh, something good that we can contribute. Like we, introverts, we tend to have like a an inner world that's you know more developed than extroverts, for example. And so, like for me, for example, when I go into a class, um, it's kind of like I'm I'm moving things forward, and it's coming from a place of my own inner world that I'm trying to put out there. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if that makes sense, but that's yeah. that's kind of like how I feel when I teach. It's like I see things as they are and then I try to like move it forward somehow with my own understanding of how things are. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's important because again you're like putting your own stamp on it where I feel like and I'm not like what's the word? I'm not shitting on extroverts, for example, like, cool, <laughs> if you're that way, I completely understand. But I feel like sometimes reading the room isn't a thing for an extrovert. They can just go straight all in with their style, forgetting, you know, you have to adapt to others. So I think this is an important trait that introverts have. I know I'm biased, but I think it's true. Yeah, you know it's I mean? it's complicated too, right? Like, it's, it's I, I don't understand it still. Like, I'm always thinking about random ideas yeah. and, like... I don't know, like you're asking me questions and I'm trying my best to like answer, <laughs> but really I, I don't, I don't have concrete answers for a lot of things that you say because I'm always like thinking about these things and I, I don't have like a fully fleshed out, yeah. like, I see what you mean. Yeah. But it's a, it's a bit of a tricky one because like, I think it is important to think about things and to yeah. really give them some depth and really try and work out the concepts, but you can easily cross the barrier of overthinking. Oh yeah, I'm very, 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 <laughs> yeah, very bro. guilty of. So it's about just getting that balance. But I found it personally quite tricky. What are you like with overthinking? Oh, just... dude, I'm a fucking mess, bro. <laughs> are you? Fun? I'm a fucking mess, bro. <laughs> I, I, I have a problem. <laughs> yeah, shit, I'm, I, I'm in my head way too much, dude. That's 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 a big thing for me. Mm. I'm in my head way too much, and uh, I, I, I need to be more in the world, bro. <laughs> like, how do you get out of your head? Like, what what sort of activities do you do? teaching right, okay. is a big way actually yeah. to get out of your head because you need to be in the moment to teach kids right like yeah. you're you're in you're in the moment seeing you know if they're if if they're engaged then you know you're doing something right because you're in the moment with them 
and you're teaching them, right? So if you, I notice that any time I, I retreat into my head when I'm teaching, it just everything is it falls apart. <laughs> I'm, re I'm resonating exactly with what you're saying. I've just thought of last week when I was completely in here. I wasn't even like with the students and it clocked after five minutes. Whoa, 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 I'm not actually here. Let's get back to it. Yeah. It's, like, it's that balance here. Aside from teaching, what else? Like, what you like, say, socially or around, say, yeah, around, say, friendship groups, are you still like a person that's in your head or are you able to come out a bit more with the right environment, if you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For me, like, get, getting out of my head requires, like, an amount of like stimulation like mental stimulation i need to be focused and like you know like having a conversation like this mentally stimulates me so i feel yeah. very like focused on on what we're talking about i'm not in my head i'm listening to what you're saying yeah, and i'm yeah. trying to you know give you what i think as well yeah. so like things like that like conversations teaching playing sports like I play soccer. Oh, nice one, man. I'm not yeah. that good at it, but you know, like it puts you in the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because from I don't believe it's that popular in Canada. Soccer. You correct me if I'm wrong. It's not. it's not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But actually, Canada made it to the World Cup. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, they're hosting the next World Cup, I think. Or yeah, 2026. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be interesting. Yeah, yeah. For sure. In terms of like, we are slightly digressing, but I just I'm a big soccer fan. Like, how did you get into soccer? And like, do you support anyone? How does it work? Oh man, I remember the way that I got into soccer. Actually, my my parents are Portuguese, and I remember when I was like ten years old, the Portugal was hosting the Euro Cup. Yes, the Euros. Yeah, yeah. Two thousand four. Yeah. yeah, and then I remember like I wasn't into soccer at that time. Like I didn't care about it when I was like a young kid. But I was like nine, ten years old, and then I was—we were in a restaurant with my family. We were eating, and then we were watching uh, one of the matches, and I saw Cristiano Ronaldo was there. <laughs> and I was like, "Shit, bro! Look at this guy play! Like he's fucking insane!" Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, "Shit, dude! This guy's amazing! I want to watch more of him play." Yeah. And that's how I got into it. Um, yeah so i love this because i've got almost the exact same story i was eight years old sorry six years old during that tournament eight in the world cup 2006 and i'm from manchester uk where ronaldo played man united and he's now back yeah and, uh, i wasn't like, into football until i was eight and then i saw ronaldo and was like this guy is fucking insane and i became a complete fanatic to the point where we did world book day and yeah. i dressed up as him now i know he's not in a book so there's i promise you yeah i somehow don't have a photo i had the whole like shirt this hair and everything Completely. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was he was insane back in those days. He was, he man, was yeah. so fast. Yeah, yeah. He, he kind of adapted. Where back in those days, he did all the skills. He was quick and he would do this. But then over time, he was more of a goal scorer. And he stopped with all the the dribbles and the runs. But I love both eras. But like, I think that was like the key for entertainment back in say two thousand and four to two thousand and nine. That was when he was just out of this world. Like, oh yeah, just pure entertainment. It was yeah. insane, man. It was magic, bro. Like. It was like watching lightning. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was crazy, dude. Yeah, 10-year-old me genuinely was completely hooked on, like, whatever Ronaldo did. Because when you're 10, you don't really have any responsibilities ever because you're 10 years old. So, all, like, the only things I cared about were, like, Man United. Maybe girls at that point just about, because I was just about getting to that point. And, like, Green Day. And that was it. And I was just, like, looking at Ronaldo. He was, like, the catalyst. <laughs> yeah, bro. That dude was insane. Cool, man. Do you are you a man? You said you're from Manchester, I am, right? Yeah, so I'm a Manchester United fan, which cool. for years was amazing, but it's not very good now. We are shit. 
to be completely honest with you. Yeah, they had yeah. a shit season. They yeah, came in like shit. sixth place yeah. in the Premier League or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, do you support a team? Uh, from the Premier League, Manchester United as well. Nice, nice. You know, I just follow wherever Ronaldo goes, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, you're just a bit of a fan. I thought when you said Manchester, I thought he's going to say City. He's going to say Man City. And then you were like, United. I, like, <laughs> I mean, dude, I watch Man City because oh, they, course, they, yeah, yeah, I yeah. follow the Portuguese players just because oh, okay, that's yeah. like my, my background. Yeah. Do you have any yeah. links to Portugal as in, have you been there a few times? Well, if your parents are there, you, you would do, right? Yeah, I've yeah. been there many times. Um, my, my parents are from there. Um, I've got tons of family there. Right, my grandparents, yeah. cousins, aunts, uncles. Yeah, so I speak the language poorly, but, you know. You speak it. I speak <laughs> it. So, yeah, Portugal's always had a place in my heart, you can say. Right, I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Korea as well. Korea. Korea. Is that a Portuguese name, right? Korea, yeah, Korea, yeah. yeah. yeah I was wondering, like, where's this from? Because uh, Korea it sounds very Portuguese. Mm. Are you more Canadian or Portuguese? What would you say? Where do you wow. like, if I ever said to you where's home, what would you say? Put you on the spot I, a bit here. <laughs> I would say like culturally, I mean, the way I behave is maybe more Canadian. But like in my heart, I don't know how else to describe it, I feel a connection to Portugal. Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah like I it's it's like I don't know, I guess you could say the way I live my life is sort of, uh, I feel very connected to the Portuguese culture and the mm. way they, they view things, like family, things like that. Right, okay. Um, yeah, so I would say like in that way I feel connected to Portugal but like the way I act like the individualism of like the western culture yeah. and everything is I feel like Canada you know <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah, Canadian yeah. bro <laughs> yeah this is we're kind of like tiptoeing into like the I call it like now like the deep side of things of comeback so like I don't know if you know I'll give you the overview of the show it's about comeback coming back from adversity and I often ask a lot of questions that you just wouldn't ask in an office or in a coffee shop which is like what are you like as a person? What are your values? What is close to you? But on a podcast, you can't ask that question. Which, and we've kind of tiptoed around it when you said things are important to you in Portugal, like family, but there's also like the individualism of Canada. Right. So this is going to be deep, Michael. I'll just warn you. What do you value? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, I, I value family a lot. I really do. Like, I feel like family is, is like the most important thing in your life yeah i'm 100 percent agree as well like you know life is hard dude like life is hard and if there's anybody you should ever be able to rely on it's your family yeah you know like and and that's that's a blessing dude you know what i mean Absolutely. like yeah whatever you're going through it doesn't matter because if if you've got your family they can be there with you yeah so yeah bro family is the number one thing like me personally like i don't have a perfect relationship with my family but um dude i i everything i do in my life i i'm thinking about my family like how mm. you know how am i gonna repay my family yeah, for raising me taking care of me yeah. How am I going to give back? You know, 
I think about it a lot, dude. Like, yeah. it's it's almost kind of like my reason for for living a lot of the times is be, is for my family, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Our family kind of concept idea of like doing things for them as well. And you mentioned it's not perfect, but would you still say it's positive? Like your relationship with your family? Yeah, yeah. It's it's positive. It's positive because it's it's always moving forward. Like, um, I remember there being rough times when I was a teenager with my family mm. and uh, it was rough man like it affected me for a long time and I'm 28 now and I'm thinking like dude I, I need to forgive my family I need to move forward with life and that's what I try to do right okay you know so yeah. like I I still remember how things were in the past mm. and it like it's kind of like scars and you know like yeah, it, yeah. it stays with you right it does indeed and um but you know like in my mind i've forgiven them and it's always like it's i'm always just trying to move forward however slowly it is yeah for sure i mean i know this might be tricky are you able to elaborate on any of the deal or would you rather not give the specifics completely up to you um i well for one example i remember with my dad um i used to there there used to be a lot of problems with my dad when i was a teenager um i remember disliking him because of a lot of things like the way he would talk to my mom would be kind of like chaotic at times it would seem like he'd start arguments out of nothing and he would kind of like try and control everything in a, in a way and he was very like strict mm -hmm. and I remember being really angry about that like as a kid as a teenager especially um, yeah things like that kind of just like but you know as an adult now i i can see he was just trying his best he he was working in construction it wasn't mm. easy like yeah, yeah. he had a family to take care of he had to put food on the table like this this stuff is stressful man like like i can't even imagine what it's like to have kids and then to have to raise kids like how stressful that is yeah, especially yeah. teenagers three boys Man, I don't know, dude. I really don't know what it's like. And it's like, it must have been so fucking stressful, dude. Yeah, yeah. And so I think about that now and I'm like, dude, how can I have fucking judged him if I, I'm, I don't even have my own life together and I, I feel stressed out with my own simple yeah, life sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And then like, what about my fucking dad, bro? What was <laughs> he going through? Like, am I, yeah. dude, that's insane. I gotta, I gotta stop like, hating on him and like be grateful for what he's done for me yeah yeah you know that's a tricky one i've gone through the same process where i've like looked at and thought wow my parents really did a very very good job considering like it seems like i don't think it gets enough credit like raising a family is a huge achievement like to, yes. it, it's enormous it really is when i think about how the day-to-day -day things of just making sure they're fed making sure they're watered making sure they go to school and also do your own career Shit, like right hard. now I'm 24 and I'm occasionally a bit stressed in my own job I've not got any kids to take care of think about that you do your 9 to 5 then you go home and you have like 3 children 
to oh, look yeah. after as long as you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And right now I'm thinking, can I just look after myself, let alone them? So kudos to people who raise families, you know? Yeah, yeah. bro. Like even even just like putting food on the table for your kids, like like you know, making sure your kids are fed something healthy. Yeah. It's like, dude, I I can't even cook myself a fucking meal <laughs> most of the time. I'm too lazy. I just yeah. order something. It's like god damn bro yeah yeah i look back and like my parents would like do their like nine to five jobs then come back and cook us all a meal we'd all have meals together i'm like how did you have the energy because like as i say i finished my night at five i come home and i order like i've not cooked since lockdown because i just can't be bothered <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be completely honest it's crazy yeah and like this is probably again i'm gonna ask deep questions i'll just give you the disclaimer um we mentioned family is a priority how about your future right. family is that something you're looking towards Oh man, that to me is like, dude, can I even have my own family? Like, <laughs> I'm 28, dude. And, and, you know, I've been thinking about like having my own family like recently yeah. for like the past year, I would say is, is when I really start yeah. thinking about it. And I, I really feel like i'm not ready dude like i really feel like i'm immature i i don't have my shit together and it's that's where i'm at right now it's mm. like it's like how i'm trying to figure out how do i get to the point where i'm mentally mature enough and my career is going in the right direction mm. I was actually going to ask you that as my next question. Like, what would it take for you to believe that you're mature enough for that family stage? Like, genuinely, I know that might be quite difficult, but what springs to mind? <sighs> what would it take? I mean, <laughs> it would take like a career where where I feel like I'm I'm exceeding. Okay. Yeah. You know, and where there's room for me to keep growing in the future. You know, having a decent salary and everything. Like, if I'm if I want to raise a family, I want to make sure that I can support, yeah. pay for everything. So it's like, you know, I'm teaching English right now. And it, it's, it's, I mean, long term, I don't think it's, it's the best way to have a family. So, I mean, unless, you know, it, it depends on the opportunities that show up. But I'm kind of like in a stage in my life where I don't really feel like I'm succeeding that much career-wise. Um, so, it, you know, it would at least take, like, some career success for me to feel like, okay, maybe I should start thinking about a family now that yeah. I can see that I, I'd be able to support them with this success, you know? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess, like, <laughs> I, I'm going to keep going with the deep ones. <laughs> like, in, in like, the whole kind of overview, like... In, let's say, three years' time, what's, like, the ultimate aim? Let's say, professionally, personally, does this relate to family as a priority for you, or are there any other things you'd like to achieve? This could be professionally or related to any dreams you have, like moving to Japan. Dude, I, I, I feel like I have a lot of shit that I, I need to work on, like, internally. Like, um... I've always wanted to do my own thing. Like, like it's really cool that you have a podcast. Mm. You're doing your own thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. like, dude, that's that's not easy to do. No. <laughs> it's not easy to do, like, your own thing. You have to be very disciplined with it. You have to be consistent. And for me, it's like I, I've always lacked that consistency 
or passion for something and I I don't know why dude (laughs) it's like I I've never quite figured out the thing that that I want to do that I'm passionate about Mm. but I quite I don't really like buy into this like find your why because excuse me like your why can change every like 10 years like right now you might want to be like an incredible teacher you're like I say 10 years two years you'd be like oh no I want to do this instead and just keep moving so I feel like there's not really a need to do like why you know what I mean yeah there doesn't need to be a why what do you mean by by that by like a why is in some people think that and I used to believe this that you have to have a really specific goal and that's the be all and end all but I feel like it's I think it's called Olympic syndrome well like Olympic gold medalists they'll have that goal right Olympic gold medal then in, they achieve that gold medal and it's like, oh shit, what do I do after this? You know what I mean? Right. And we are still both young, like you're 28, I'm 24. Like the 20s are the time to experiment and find things. So because let's say right now you haven't found the passion, quote unquote, does it really matter? Like you still have plenty of time? Uh, I, have, I definitely feel like I have the time right now. But when it comes to like, what do I do with this time? I I just don't know what to do with it, man. <laughs> like that's that's where I'm at, man. I've I've been struggling with this for for years too. Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it has to do with like I don't want to, you know, just put this randomly out there, but like depression, man. Like yeah. I've been struggling with depression mm. for like, especially since COVID. Yeah. Yeah like since 2020 like shit's been affecting me hard man and and yeah dude i've i've i'm still like in that mental space of like what do i what do i do with myself i think like the biggest misconception about depression is that you're just sad all the time it's not i personally from my experience think it's just being like what the fuck do i do that's literally it. Yeah. You know, when you just sat there like, what the fuck? I don't want to do this or that or that or that. Yeah. I just want to do everything and nothing all at once. It's fucking weird. It's like you <laughs> you want to do something, but it's like you don't feel like doing anything yep. kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, what do I do? I want to do something. I want to do something to move myself forward. But it's like, what the fuck do I do? Where do I start? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what is it that I can actually do that I feel like doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And once you do something, right, you go, oh, not this. Then you try something else, like, oh, not this. It's a very, I can't, it's like a paradox. I feel like depression is a huge paradox. It's just, once you're in that bubble, it can be tricky. Yeah, <sighs> yeah bro. It's, it's a tough one, man. And I, 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 I wish I knew, like, I wish I could say something that would be useful for anybody <laughs> who's, who might be listening. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, dude, I'm in the middle of it. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah, you, you figure out eventually, like going through that process and you kind of have to go through the the storm. I know it sounds slightly cheesy, but like you have to go through the storm to like get to the other bit. But when, once you get through the storm, you're like, let's just end now, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, bro. I want to get to that, keep it. Do you do anything to treat it as in, like, medically or any, like, journaling or meditation or yoga? Do you do any of that stuff? Yeah. There, there is, I mean, there's ways that I, that I deal with, excuse me, there's ways that I sort of try and deal or live with the symptoms of it. So I, I use, like, supplements. St. John's wort is what it's called. Okay, it's like cool. a, it's like a flower. It's like a, 
it comes from a flower and uh, it's like an antidepressant basically it works it works as well as a mild antidepressant well it, it works as well as antidepressants for mild depression right okay okay right and yeah, I, yeah. I think I have mild depression okay okay because like it comes in waves mm. and sometimes I feel just fine and I'm like satisfied with my life other times I'm kind of just like in the rut and like what do I do yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I mean it, it it helps but when I'm in those ruts it's it doesn't pull me out of it <laughs> to be honest okay, yeah, yeah. so I mean it's a little bit but other than that like journaling helps a lot too yeah. just to like get everything out yeah, help me key. like process things yeah I try meditating as well but I'm not very consistent with it yeah exercise is nice too it's lovely <laughs> it's nice it's yeah. Essential. yeah yeah you know so there's ways that I try and deal with it. Yeah. Do you like speak? Are you open with it as in talking to your friends or your close ones, your family, or are you more of a keep it to yourself type person? Uh, I don't talk about it too much, to right, be okay. honest. Yeah. Like, I, I just try and deal with it. I don't talk to my family about it just because I, I, I worry what they might think. Like, they might get worried about me. Yeah, sure. And, like, I don't know. I just feel like I don't want to cause them, like, that kind of stress. So I, I don't really tell them about it, but with my friends yeah my friends know about it but i don't make a huge deal out of yeah, it yeah, i yeah. kind of just try and deal with it myself um i don't know if that's the right way to deal with it to be honest but I like i don't know what the right way is to be honest with you yeah I really don't know. everyone's yeah. different so yeah. i mean like it i don't know it kind of works for me but at the same time i kind of feel like my life is not really where i want it to be anyway like i don't know sure. you yeah, know yeah. Maybe you just got to go through the storm, as you said. Yeah, like, I feel like that's the thing. And then eventually you kind of work out why things happen. Like, I feel like this is just me talking from, not hindsight, the opposite, whatever that is, let's say foresight. But okay. I'm thinking, I'm th I think in a few years, I will go, ah, that all made sense. Right now, I've not got a fucking clue. <laughs> I'm like, why is this happening? Why did this? What? Well, blah, blah. But I feel like in five years, I'll go, ah. That's that's an optimistic way to I, see I, it. I think it will happen, but yeah. right now I can't see exactly how. You know what I mean? That's how yeah. I, I try to see it too, though. Like, yeah, yeah. I try to be optimistic about it, you know, because yeah. when I was like 24 or something, like, I was way worse at dealing with it than I am now. Like, I've definitely made a lot of progress. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, of course, in a few years, it's going to be easier probably like yeah, yeah. from from how it's been going in, in the past um and yeah i hope one day that like i will look back and be like it makes sense now <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. i'm kind of clicking out pure hope because if i don't get that moment i'll think shit what was this for you know what i mean <laughs> i was like fuck let's find it yeah um, but that's that's one of the scary things too about depression is mm. like you know you you have that hope that one day it'll get better but then when it does resurface again it, yeah. you think and you're like fuck it's coming back again like is it ever gonna stop yeah. and that's when like the darkness like kind of yeah. hits you it's like it's back yeah it's like is it ever gonna not be back yeah and then you look at your future and you still see the darkness and you're like oh is this worth it and then exactly you get caught up in that that's a dangerous cycle to get caught up in so it gets yeah. dark man like yeah. it gets really dark and uh that's depression dude like it's it's scary man but it always passes like it always does pass eventually <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 
It always yeah. has passed, and you know, I I I believe that it it always will pass. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's really tough in the moment. It's uh, it's it's, it's fucking yeah. rough, dude. There's no way around it, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of just got to go through it. I've tried like alternative remedies, so like hypnotherapy, energy healing. Like I've read this. Have you heard of the secret? The book? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, like manifestation. manifestation. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, I've got like a love hate relationship with it. Like I think there's something to it, but it can be a bit wishy-washy but i still like try that rather than the traditional like talk therapy which is just go over the wound over and over and over and i'm like right where are we fixing this so i do try like alternative methods and i like the fact that there are a lot out there but i'm getting to a point where i think sometimes you do have to just go through the storm and it's fucking hard like you don't want to do that do you but it's there to stay for a bit yeah yeah you kind of just have to go through it like and i that's I'm I think I'm kind of good at that to mm. be honest like yeah. throughout the years I've kind of learned to just like go through the storm yeah just like I the thing that I do a lot is I kind of just like sit with myself like I, I'm a very introverted guy I'm, yeah. I'm like a loner in a way too like yeah. I have friends that I keep in touch with I hang out with people sometimes yeah. but like I'm usually pretty much a loner and being a loner helps you sort of process these storms when they like come up like uh, i don't know for me it does at least i'm yeah. i feel so much like better when i just like sit with myself when i'm depressed yeah, yeah. like you know after like a couple days of like just being depressed i feel better afterwards yeah, and i'm like yeah. ready to talk to people again yeah like how does it affect depression moving abroad this is something i've been fascinated with with a lot of people i've met like your depression say in canada versus now now you're abroad how does it differ man it's it's you can't you, you wherever you go you're gonna take your problems with you yeah, but exactly. I, I would say though like when you do move abroad the first few months is kind of like a honeymoon phase it's like a distraction from from everything you're you're busy you're exploring new things but eventually like the things that were affecting you they they resurface you know like they don't go away yeah and yeah bro you gotta deal with whatever it is that's coming up and sometimes i think like depression is just it's just like your body's way of telling you that you're doing something wrong yeah, there's an issue isn't there <laughs> yeah like there's a problem like look at the way you're being and think about the way you could be are you living up to that exactly. it's like yeah, yeah. you're not <laughs> what are you gonna do about it yeah it's quite key to that. i love this because it touches on two themes one is introspection like looking and turning the mirror on yourself and that moves on to the second which is responsibility which is yeah. what you can as you mentioned what are you going to do about it which is the key because it can be so easy to go oh, i'm depressed because of my mom or i'm depressed because of my friend or because of society it's like well you can't blame them you're, you're gonna have to, so if you blame them they are going to be the ones to solve it. But if, if you choose yourself as like the blame, shall we say, you can solve it. So you are the sole responsibility for this change behavior, which is so important. Yeah, and it's fucking scary, bro, it for is, anyone. Yes, yes, yeah. Like, you know, like, like what it comes to changing something that you really don't want to look at, right? Yeah. It's like something you don't want to deal with. Like, change is tough, man. <laughs> For anyone, I think so. it's called the shadow. 
You know when you hold the mirror and you go, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know when you, you get that moment where you realize that you're the issue? It really hurts. <laughs> it really hurts. And your instinct yeah, is to bro. go, no, blame him. But that's ultimately getting you absolutely nowhere. It does hurt though. <laughs> it's rough, man. I know. Yeah. It's yeah. a double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah. It's the shadow, bro. It's the shadow. Like, that's the way to put it, I yeah. guess, you know? Yeah. But I still don't think it can deter you from moving abroad. This was actually my biggest reservation before moving country was what happens if I get depressed? And then I remember speaking to my dad about it and he said, well, if you're going to get depressed, you'll get depressed in England as well as you would do in, say, Vietnam. Go and see what happens. I thought, yeah, go on then. But like, I don't think it can debilitate you from moving abroad. Like, you can still, like, experience it and still live abroad and still be good for the experience. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, if that's something you really want to do is to live abroad, you shouldn't be worried about getting depressed. Yeah. You know, yeah. like... You got to follow what you really want to do. What's the point of life if you're exactly. not going to yeah, yeah, yeah. try and do the things that you want to do, right? Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of a quote, something like, most people are dead at 20 and buried at 80 or something like that. Things like Robert Oh, yeah. Shaman, yeah. Yeah, something Marcus like that. Marcus Ferrari. That might not be those ages exactly. It might be like 21. <laughs> 25, yeah, I heard, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. 25 or 90, but like, <laughs> basically buried, dead at a very young age and then buried. So they don't actually go for anything that you would want to do. Like when I often, yeah. and I'm trying not to say this in a judgmental manner, I know a lot of people in my hometown and I know exactly what they're gonna be doing right now. Right. I know who will be where and who will be doing what. And like, they would never even like consider like Vietnam or anywhere. And I'm like, I can't, I can't have that. I realized it when I was 21, I just can't have that. Yeah, but are they satisfied with, with that? It's a good question, which I often ponder. And I think if genuinely you are satisfied and happy with that, brilliant, do it. And I've got absolutely no reservations, but it's when I, I see the, the complaints and the, oh, this is the same old shit. And I'm like, you can change this. Yeah. I, I know it's hard to like say everyone can change it, but like, you, you might have other responsibilities, but you can do something. You can do something about it. Yeah, I've yeah. always found that too when I go back to my hometown. It's like everybody kind of has this mentality of where things are the way they are and they yeah. can't change anything. It's like, dude, what do you mean? Like, yeah. Do a TAFL course? <laughs> like, yeah. bro, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, yeah. Literally, it's not that hard. You just got to, you know, figure out yeah. how to do it. You got to do a few step, uncomfortable steps. That, I think that's it. There's about three or four uncomfortable steps you'll have to take and just go for that and then you'll be okay. But getting through those steps, yeah. I say this, 20-year-old me was like, fuck, fuck, I was so nervous. <laughs> Before doing it, I'm looking back and I'm like, yeah, I was very close to not doing this stuff. Yeah, it's but, a mental barrier for sure. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, I mean, some people, they're just, I guess, satisfied with, with their, their routine life. I almost envy it to a point where I, yeah. a part of, a part of me <laughs> slightly judges, where I think, why would you do the same? But a part of me thinks, fuck, they've, they've made it. You know, like, they've achieved, like, fulfillment already i'm thinking yeah they've yeah. at least satisfaction yeah you exactly. know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i know right i I, yeah. I do kind of i see what you're saying <laughs> it's like you you envy it because they're they're they seem satisfied exactly they're just living their life and here i am living abroad trying to fucking do things yeah, yeah, right exactly, yeah. and nothing is fucking yeah. working it cost a few thousand you know. dollars for us to do this <laughs> they didn't have to spend all that money yeah so it's a strange yeah, one, but I do often like, for example, that's, this is why I kind of draw the line on judgment, where if they're genuinely happy doing that, I'm always like, right, cool, no worries at all. But when I hear like, oh, this is shit, Manchester's shit, this is the same, I'm like, you can, do, you can change this. But 
you have to make those steps and you have to go to somewhere uncertain because obviously like you know from japan and vietnam yeah very very different to the western world so you're like shit like things won't gonna be aren't gonna be anything like i expect like i remember one of my friends told me don't have any expectations so right. as soon as i got off and had my first couple of days i thought the fuck like what have i done but <laughs> i signed up for that you know i'm not in manchester anymore yeah. yeah how how is your vietnamese language oh to be honest with you it's absolutely dreadful it's been three years and the reason why is because i keep saying i'm gonna leave next year i'm gonna leave next year but then i sign again and i sign again and i sign again and i have not put in anywhere near as much effort as i should have to be completely honest with you and i always like to use excuses like oh if i was doing podcasts or i was doing this i was being lazy like if i actually hold the mirror and this hurts this hurts as, <laughs> as i'm saying as i'm saying this i'm getting like i'm getting quite uncomfortable but yeah because i've been like slightly lazy yeah you know? How, how's your language well it's i've been here for three months oh, dude shit, i haven't shit. even started yet oh, you're, you're okay you're okay <laughs> but i've been meaning to start um the very beginning the basics of the pronunciation first Ooh. i've been procrastinating and like but but one thing is that that i've heard from a lot of people living here is that like they stayed longer than they thought they would is what i hear a lot <laughs> everyone honestly everyone i speak to on this podcast says the same thing and but why is that what is it about i think a part a huge part of it is convenience like it's cheap yeah it's it's extremely cheap standard of living so good it's quite vibrant you can have a lot of fun a lot of fun <laughs> and like it's all there for you why right. do you think yeah it's cool just to stay another year just another year and uh, another year adds up and suddenly it's five right i think that's why yeah you're actually quite unique i usually speak to people who've been here five years you're three months you're one of my newest vietnam guests if that makes sense oh yeah yeah in terms of like your your period of stay that's very very recent yeah yeah where where do you usually find your your guests for podcasts like bars (laughs) a lot of the time bars um social media friends of friends will recommend networking events it's weird because as i mentioned to you i'm introverted so like the the idea of being someone hello would you like to come a podcast fucking scared me which right. I realized, oh, that's good. That means I'm going to do something that will make me grow. Yeah. So I did it, and I, th- I can't believe how easy it was. Like, I thought if I asked someone to come on a podcast, they're going to like turn up their nose. Everyone just said, yeah. I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> keep, 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 <laughs> keep them coming, yeah. That's how it went, man. Yeah, it was incredible. That's this, really cool. Yeah, this next question might be broad. What have you learned about yourself from moving abroad? Oh. That's big, um, big that, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, dude, it's it's very nice. You You actually, it gives you a lot of opportunity to grow when you live abroad um you you learn to deal with things on your own a lot like i don't know if that makes sense because because you don't have as much of a you know network when you first show up you kind of have to figure things out on your own things don't make sense especially if you don't understand the language. So there's always like a puzzle to it as well, where you're trying to figure out what things mean. <laughs> and you're just trying to understand like like the chaos around you basically. And it, it comes little by little. And I find that pretty fun to be honest. Yeah. It's like, there's like layers of understanding that happen. It's like- Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm looking back and I'm almost envious of people like yourself who've been here three months. I must think, I wish I could rewind to my three month Vietnam self because I knew nothing then. And still now I kind of know nothing. And every like few months I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. Like just keep adapting through Vietnam, it's amazing. If you, if you start learning the language, I'm sure it'll be like, it'll probably be a mind fuck to you. Mm. Like you, you might see things a lot differently. Yeah, I think so. It's fascinating. I've not been back 
the only place I've been in my Vietnam journey is Bali, which is still Asia. So I've not been back to like the Western world. So it's oh, going to yeah. be weird when I do. Excuse, not this summer, but next summer. Understanding mm. what everyone says, it's going to be so weird. Right. You know what I mean? I'll just go to a coffee shop in England and I'll I'll understand everyone. But what the fuck? <laughs> this is weird. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, the Western world is weird, my guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's important, man. Yeah, I've enjoyed this, man. I think it's been a nice catch up, and I think we've talked upon a lot of topics from moving abroad, and we haven't gone down the conventional. What's the word? Like, what do you learn about? Like, you know, like the traditional kind of like teaching model. We've also delved into other areas. So I suppose yeah. I'll turn it on you for the final question. You can turn okay. it on me. Has there been a question I've not asked you that you would have right. liked me to? Oh, dude, I've just been going with the flow the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't know what to expect. I've never done a podcast before. Yeah, um, yeah dude, I, I don't know. I, I think it's... it's um, I, I, I hope I said some things that... <laughs> some things of value. Some of value, that. you know. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we have a... I don't know the phrase in Canada, but the phrase in England is like blowing smoke up someone's... Like, you know that, that phrase? Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. don't mean to do this now, but I will give you some acknowledgement. Like, I think it's been a very sound, positive conversation with lots of different insights from yourself that I can take forward, and I'm sure listeners will too. So thank you very much, Michael. And Thanks, you're man. always welcome back in a few months or so. Uh, catch up, chew the fat, and see how you're getting on with the language and whatnot. Appreciate it, man. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks very much, mate.